This is host Raymond Posh. No new episodes are being added under our spiritual life, but all 108 episodes will remain accessible. My new episodes are all being published under my New Ways of Being podcast. You can learn about me and new ways of being at RaymondPosh.com. Welcome to the Spirituality and Consciousness podcast, in which we discuss spirituality and consciousness, how both are evolving today, and how all human beings are being called to go within and awaken to the oneness of life and to participate in the evolution of consciousness on Earth. I'm Raymond Posh, your host, and I want to share my personal stories, insights, and guidance that can help you to live a better life. My podcast is for people who want to awaken and evolve and who want to make the world a better place. I am Raymond Posh, your spiritual life coach and host for the next hour. As a spiritual life coach, I'd love to talk with you about spirituality and how you can use your inner power to experience life more fully. Schedule a free appointment with me on the LiveYourSuccess.com homepage to discuss potential life coaching. Select from the descriptions of pain or longing you are experiencing. To chat about spirituality, click the button at the bottom of the page. Hello all and welcome. Today's show is The Impersonal Life, Part 2. So obviously this is a continuation of uh, last week's show. And in that I uh, read from and talked about the book, The Impersonal Life. And this book for whatever reason, seems not to be a widely known book. Um, there, are, there are many books that teach about, um, well, if you've heard the term New Thought, which began very early in the 20th century, that was a philosophy and understanding of a man's relationship to the self, that is, they have, a man has the small self, with, with the small s, and the, the self, with the capital S, is what in this book would be called the impersonal self. And that's the infinite intelligence of which we are all part. Oh, and, and I was about to say, I think that uh, one of the famous books from New Thought, um, and I'm, I'm not sure what year it was published. I think it was around 1914 or perhaps 1916, somewhere in there. There's a book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Wattles, W-A-T-T-L-E-S. 
And that book teaches very similar ideas to what we are learning from the impersonal life. Uh, again, this book, The Impersonal Life, came out about the same time frame. It teaches that um, we are part of a much greater consciousness, that our, our own consciousness is a part of a much greater consciousness. And um, these books teach what has been called the science of mind, or religious science, or similar names, but it takes a scientific view uh, and attempt to, to understand scientifically what we can discover from how we relate to the greater world around us. And so uh, the impersonal life, um, it emphasizes impersonal and to, and until I got into the book, I really wasn't exactly sure um, what that meant. But in, in a sense, it's contrasting us humans with our personality. So we are, you know, we have a personal life. We take, tend to take everything personally. We... Uh, tend to be and have a selfish point of view. And the impersonal self or, or God or infinite intelligence who channeled this book to Joseph Benner uh, is very clearly saying that God is not personal. God does not have a personality as such. And that, and meaning that um, God's love and God's sharing of intelligence and all of life with us is impersonal, meaning selfless, in contrast to us who tend to be very selfish creatures. And God is, um, and from my own experience and from uh, my understanding from other spiritual teachers, God has it. God has for us love, and God is love, as Marianne Williamson said. Um, and you know, I I early in my in my exploration of spirituality, I learned that um, uh, that one consciousness is the nature of the universe and in in us and sharing in that that consciousness and that's how we become conscious or how we are conscious we our very nature is consciousness um, so uh, the impersonal life is really explaining how God interacts with man. So I'm going to pick up and read chapter 5, which is called The Key, and uh, you will see what I mean. Now you may not even yet know I am. 
or believe that I am really you, or that I am likewise your brother and your sister, and that you are all parts of me and one with me. You may not realize that the souls of you and your brother and sister, the only real and imperishable parts of the mortal you, are but different phases of me in expression in what is called nature. Likewise, you may not realize that you and your brothers and sisters are phases or attributes of my divine nature, just as your human personality with its mortal body, mind, and intellect is a phase of your human nature. No, you do not realize this yet, but I speak of it now that you may know the signs when they begin to appear in your consciousness, as surely they will. In order to recognize these signs, all that now follows must be considered carefully and studied, and should not be passed by until my meaning, at least in some degree, is grasped. Once you fully understand the principle I, I here set down, then all my message will become clear and comprehensible. I first give you the key that will unlock every mystery that now hides from you the secret of my being. This key, when once you know how to use it, will open the door to all wisdom and all power in heaven and on earth. Yea, it will open the door to the kingdom of heaven, and then you have but to enter into, become consciously one with me. This key is, to think is to create. Or, as you think in your heart, so it is with you. Stop and meditate on this, that it may get firmly fixed in your mind. A thinker is a creator. A thinker lives in a world of his own conscious creation. When once you know how to think, you can create at will anything you wish, whether it be a new personality, a new environment, or a new world. Let us see if you cannot grasp some of the truths hidden and controlled by this key. You have been shown how all consciousness is one, and how it is all my consciousness, and yet it is also yours, and likewise that of the animal, the plant, the stone, and the invisible cell. You have seen how this consciousness is controlled by my will, which causes the invisible cells to unite and form the various organisms for the expression and use of the different centers of intelligence through which I desire to express. But you cannot yet see how you can direct and control the consciousness of the cells of your own body, not to speak of those of other bodies. Even if you and I and they are all one in consciousness and intelligence. By paying a special attention to what follows, however, you now may be enabled to see this. 
Have you ever taken the pains to study out what is consciousness? How it seems to be an impersonal state of awareness? Of waiting to serve or to be directed or used by some power latent in and immediately related to itself? How man seems to be merely the highest type of organism containing this consciousness which is directed and used by this power within itself. That this power latent in man's consciousness and in all consciousness is nothing but will, my will. For you know that all power is but the manifestation of my will. Now you have been told that in the beginning I created man in my image and likeness, after which I breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. By creating man in my image and likeness, I created an organism capable of expressing all of my consciousness and all of my will, which means likewise all of my power, my intelligence, and my love. I therefore made it perfect in the beginning, pattering it after my own perfection. When I breathed into man's organism my breath, it became alive with me, for then it was I breathed into it my will, not from without, but from within, from the kingdom of heaven within, where always I am. Ever afterward I breathed and lived and had my being within man, for I created him in my image and likeness only for that purpose. The proof of this is man does not and cannot breathe of himself. Something far greater than his consciousness, natural self, lives in his body and breathes through his lungs. A mighty power within his body thus uses the lungs, even as it uses the heart to force the blood containing the life it in drew through the lungs to every cell of the body as it uses the stomach and other organs to digest and assimilate food to make blood, tissue, hair, and bone, and as it uses the brain, the tongue, the hands, and feet to think and say and do everything that man does. This power is my will to be and live in man. Therefore, whatever man is, I am. And whatever man does, or you do, I do. And whatever you say or think, it is I who say or think it through your organism. You were also told that when man was thus possessed of my breath, he was given dominion over all the kingdoms of the earth, which means he was made lord of the earth, the sea, the air, and the ethers, and all beings living in all these kingdoms paid him homage and were subject to his will. This naturally was so, for I, within man's consciousness and within all consciousness, am always manifesting my will, and I, the Lord and ruler of man's organism, am likewise the Lord and 
ruler of all organisms in which consciousness dwells. As all consciousness is my consciousness, and it dwells wherever there is life, and as there is no substance in which there is not life, then my consciousness must be in everything, in earth, water, air, and fire, and therefore must fill all space. In fact, it is space, or that which man calls space. Then my will, being the power latent in all consciousness, must reach everywhere. Therefore man's will, which is but a focalization of my will, must likewise reach everywhere. Hence the consciousness of all organisms, including his own, is subject to man's direction and control. All it needs is for him consciously to realize this. Realize that I, the impersonal self within him, am constantly directing, controlling, and using the consciousness of all organisms every moment of every day of his life. I am doing this by and through his thinking. I am doing this with and through man's organism. Man thinks he thinks, but it is I, the I, the real I of him, who think through his organism. Through this thinking and his spoken word, I accomplish all that man does and make man and his world all they are. It makes no difference if man and his world are not what he supposes they are. They are just what I created them to be for my purpose. But if I do all the thinking, man does not and cannot think, I hear you say. Yes, here seems a mystery, but it will be revealed to you if you note carefully what follows. For I am going to teach you, man, how to think. So, to summarize that chapter, the key is that to think is to create. And that is a good summary of that chapter. Um, and now, we're going to learn in the next chapter how to think. So, the infinite intelligence or the impersonal self made the point that uh, man does not know how to think until he becomes more fully awakened to the fact that, you know, I and you are a part of the infinite intelligence. And once we begin fully to understand that, then we can become more uh, aware that thinking requires us to use our will in a particular way. So I'm going to go on and read um, chapter 6, which is entitled Thinking and Creating. And um, hopefully we will learn more about how to think. I have said that man does not think, 
that it is I within him who does his thinking. I have also said man thinks he thinks. As this is an apparent contradiction, I needs must show you that man ordinarily does not think any more than he does anything else he supposes he does. For I within him do all that he does, but I necessarily do it through his organism, through his personality, his body, mind, and soul. I will point out how this can be. First, try to realize that I made you in my image and likeness, and that I have my being within you. And by the way, I'll add my comment here that uh, I think it, he is being very clear that image and likeness refers to our true self, our consciousness, and is not at all necessarily talking about God having a body uh, like we do. I think that would be a mistaken conclusion. I will, I will back up first. Try to realize that I made you in my image and likeness and that I have my being within you. Even if you do not know this now and believe that I, God, am somewhere without and that we are separated, try for the time being to imagine I am within you. Next, realize that that which you do when you think is not real thinking, because it is not conscious thinking, for you are unconscious of me, the inspirer, the director of every idea and thought that enters your mind. Next, realize that I am within you, and you are my image and likeness, and therefore possess all of my faculties, you have the power of thinking, but not being conscious that thinking is creating, and that it is one of my divine powers you are using. You have indeed all your life been thinking, but it has all been misthinking, or what you would call error thinking. And this error thinking, this not knowing it is my power you have been thus misusing, has been separating you in consciousness farther and farther from me, but all the time fulfilling my purpose, which later on will be made manifest to you. The proof of this is you think you are separated from me, that you are living in a material world, that your body and of flesh engenders and harbors pleasure and pain, and that an evil influence called the devil is manifesting in the world, opposing my will. Yes, you think all these things are so. They are to you, for all things are to man's mortal consciousness what he thinks or believes they are. I have likewise caused them to appear to man to be what he thinks they are. This also is to suit my purpose and to fulfill the law of creating. Let us see if this is not true. If you believe a thing is so, is not that thing really so to you? 
Is it not true that a thing seems real to you, like some sin or evil, so-called some sorrow, trouble, or worry, only because your thinking or believing it so makes it such? Others might see that thing entirely differently and might think your view of it foolish, might they not? If this is true, then your body, your personality, your character, your environment, your world are what they appear to be to you because you have thought them into their present status. Therefore, you can change them by the same process if they do not please you. You can make them whatever you will by thinking them so. Can you not? But how can one do real thinking, conscious thinking, so as to bring about this change, you ask? First, know that I, your real self, purposely brought to your attention these things which now are displeasing and which cause you to think them as being what they now seem to be to you. I and I alone am thus preparing your human mind so that when you turn within to me in abiding faith and trust, I can enable you to see and bring into outer manifestation the reality of these things which now seem so unsatisfactory. For I bring to you everything that, by its outer seeming, can attract or lure your human mind onward in its earthly search, in order to teach you of the illusoriness of all outer appearance of material things to the human mind, and of the fallibility of all human understanding, so that you will turn finally within to me and my wisdom as the one and only interpreter and guide. And this this is what was just said there all about awakening, that we must awaken to the fact that we have God within us, that we are a part of one consciousness, which all religions or most religions call God. That's what he's saying there. When you have turned thus within to me, I will open your eyes and cause you to see that the only way you can ever bring about this change in thinking is by first changing your attitude toward all these things you now think are not what they ought to be. That is, if they are unsatisfactory or obnoxious to you and affect you so as to cause you discomfort of body or disturbance of mind, stop thinking that they can so affect or disturb you. For who is the master, your body, your mind, or you, the I am within? Then why not show you our master by thinking the true things the I am of you within wishes you to think? It is only by your thinking these other things, by allowing these inharmonious thoughts to enter your mind, and by so doing, giving them the power so to affect or disturb you that they have any such influence over you. When you stop thinking into them this power 
and turn within to me and allow me to direct your thinking, they will at once disappear from your consciousness and dissolve into the nothingness from which you created them by your thinking. When you are willing to do this, then and only then are you ready to receive truth. And by proper conscious thinking directed by me to create the true and permanent things I within wish you to create. Then, when you can thus distinguish the true from the false, the real from the seeming, your conscious thinking will be as potent to create all things you desire, as has been your unconscious thinking in the past in creating those things you once desired but now find obnoxious. For it was by your unconscious thinking, or thinking unconscious of the control of your desires exercised over your creative power, that your world and your life are now what you sometime in the past desired them to be. Have you ever studied and analyzed the process of the working of your mind when a new idea, fertile with possibilities, appears? Have you noticed the relation that desire bears to such an idea and how through thinking that idea is finally brought to actual fruition? Let us study this relation and process. There is always first the idea, not considering at this moment the necessity of or occasion for its appearance. It matters not whence the idea comes, from within or without, for it is always I who inspire it or cause it to impress your consciousness at the particular moment it does. Then, just to the extent that you grow quiet and focus your attention upon that idea, stilling all the activities of your mind and eliminating all other ideas and thoughts from your consciousness, so that idea can have its full sway, do I illumine your mind and cause to unfold before your mental gaze the various phases and possibilities contained within the idea. This takes place, however, up to this point, without any volition on your part, other than focusing or concentrating your attention upon the idea. Once I have given your human mind a view of its possibilities and have enlisted your interest, then does your human personality take up its task. For as I created and inspired the idea in your mind, so did I cause that idea to fructify with therein and give birth to desire. Desire to bring into outer manifestation all the possibilities of the idea. Desire thus becoming the mortal agent of my will and supplying the motive power just as the human personality is the mortal instrument used to confine and focus that power. Yes, all ideas and all desires come thus from me. They are my ideas and my desires, which I inspire in your mind and heart in order to bring them through you into outer manifestation. You have no ideas of your own, 
and could not possibly have a desire that came from other than me, for I am all there is. Therefore, all desires are good, and when thus understood unfailingly, come into speedy and complete fulfillment. You may wrongly interpret my desires, my urges from within, and seek to use them for your own selfish purpose, but even while permitting this, they still fulfill my purpose. For it is only by letting you misuse my gifts and by the suffering such misuse brings that I can make you into the clean and selfless channel I require for the perfect expression of my ideas. We have then first the idea in the mind, then the desire to bring the idea into outer manifestation. So much for the relation. Now for the process of realization. In accordance with the definiteness with which the picture of the idea is held in the mind and the extent to which the idea possesses the personality, does its creative power, impelled by desire, proceed with its work. This it does by compelling the mortal mind to think out or to imagine in, or in other words, to build mental forms into which I can pour as into a vacuum the impersonal, elemental, vital substance of the idea. When the word is spoken, either silently or audibly, consciously or unconsciously, this substance at once begins to materialize itself by first directing and controlling the consciousness and all the activities of both mind and body and of all minds and all bodies connected with or related to the idea. For remember, all consciousness and all minds and all bodies are mine and are not separated but are one and wholly impersonal. And then, so attracting, directing, shaping, and molding conditions, things, and events that sooner or later the idea eventually comes forth into definite, tangible manifestation. So it is that everything, every condition, every event that ever transpired was first an idea in the mind. It was by desiring by thinking and by speaking forth the word that these ideas came into visible manifestation. Think this out and prove it for yourself. This you can do, if you will, by taking any idea that comes and following it out through the above process to realization or by tracing back any feat you have accomplished, any picture you have painted, any machine you have invented, or any particular thing or condition now existing to the idea from which it sprang. This is the plan and process of all true thinking, and therefore of all creation. Listen, you have now and always had, through this power of thinking, dominion over all the kingdoms of the earth. If you but know it, you have now, this moment, only to think and speak the word.
realizing your power and that I, God, your omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent self will bring about the results and the waiting consciousness of the invisible cells of all matter upon which your will and attention become focused, which waiting consciousness is my consciousness, remember, will begin immediately to obey and do exactly according to the image or plans you have prepared by your thinking. For all things are made by the word, and without the word was not anything made that was made. When you can once realize this and can know that I am consciousness within you is one with the consciousness of all animate and inanimate matter, and that its will is one with your will, which is my will, and that all your desires are my desires, then you will begin to know and feel me within, and will acknowledge the power and glory of my idea, which is eternally expressing itself impersonally through you. But it is first wholly necessary that you learn how to think, how to know your thoughts, those directed by me from the thoughts of others, how to trace thoughts back to their source and to banish undesirable ones at will from your consciousness, and finally, how to control and utilize your desires so that they will always serve you instead of your being a slave to them. You have within you all possibilities, for I am there. My idea must express, and it must express through you. It will express itself perfectly, if you but let it. If you will only still your human mind, put aside all personal ideas, beliefs, and opinions, and let it flow forth. All you need to do is to turn within to me and let me direct your thinking and your desires. Let me express whatever I will, you personally accepting and doing what I desire you to do. Then will your desires come true, your life become one grand harmony, your world a heaven, and yourself one with myself. When you have begun to realize this and have glimpsed somewhat of its inner meaning, then you will be ready to grasp the real import of what follows. Now, in order to summarize that last chapter and put it in context of the whole book, The Impersonal Life, I want to restate a couple of important truths that can help us understand one is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are spiritual beings. And in fact, we are a part of this great oneness of one consciousness or infinite intelligence. And the second truth is that each one of us is an individualized expression of infinite intelligence. We have to think about that a moment. We are 
expressions of God, of infinite intelligence, of an infinite oneness of consciousness. In experiencing this expression, we believe through our ego that we are separate from God and separate from one another. So we are operating in this great misconception, this falsehood, this illusion, if you will, um, that is really, you know, very disconnected from the truth, from reality. So that last chapter, chapter six on thinking and creating, was teaching us about how we think that we think, uh, but we are really operating in this illusion. But uh, it did state that as we think, we create. And it said, I will quote it here, in accordance with the definite, in accordance with the definiteness with which the picture of the idea is held in the mind and the extent to which the idea possesses the personality does its creative power, impelled by desire, proceed with its work. And that's with its work of creation. And this it does by compelling the mortal mind to think out or to imagine, uh, in other words, to build mental forms into which infinite intelligence can pour as into a vacuum the impersonal substance of the idea. So it's teaching us a little bit more about how we can be more proactive in the creative process. And it also said, when you can once realize this and can know that I am consciousness within you is one with the consciousness of all animate and inanimate matter and that its will is one with your will, which is my will and that all your desires are my desires, then you will begin to know and feel me within and acknowledge the power of my idea, which is eternally expressing itself impersonally through you. Okay, this is complex. This is not immediately understandable. And we have to begin to put together some understanding of some key ideas which I just mentioned before this is all going to click. And in fact, the bulk of the rest of the book is um, there's a number of chapters that I'm not going to read, but all of these chapters keep building and helping us understand to make sense of what our relationship really is when we're dominated by ego and think we're separate from infinite intelligence, when in truth we are a part of 
and one with all of infinite intelligence and all of existence. So it's all, we're all connected by consciousness. And now I'm going to skip way ahead in the book. I'm going to read excerpts from the last two chapters. And I'm hoping that you can begin to pull some of these ideas together into what would will ultimately help you awaken to a full understanding. Now, the next to the last chapter is called Finding Me. That is, where, you know, me is infinite intelligence speaking to us. So here I'm going to read uh, from that chapter, and, and this is an excerpt. The best and surest way you may know me is when selfless love fills your heart. And there is a strong, compelling urge to help someone to heal their ills, to re relieve their suffering, to bring them happiness, to point out the true way. That is the actual feel of me within you, pushing the personality aside, using your mind and body for the purpose I created them as avenues for the expression of my real nature, which is perfect love, the Christ of God, the one vitalizing, quickening, life-giving, strengthening, healing, all-supplying, all-informing power in the universe. All this is pointed out to you in order to impress upon you that it is I, in your spiritual body, the perfect body within where I dwell, who am always thus talking to you, advising you, teaching you, warning and helping you in all the affairs of life, yes, in every little detail. If you will devote but one hour each day, thus to me alone, imagining and practicing the presence of me within you, I here promise you that you will not only very soon find me, but I will be to you an exhaustless fount of such wisdom and strength and help as your human mind now cannot possibly conceive. Yes, if you will but seek me thus, making me first in your life, never resting until you do find me, it will not be long before you will become conscious of my presence, of my loving voice, speaking constantly from out of the depths of your heart. And what is just being described there is the true full awakening when we can come to know that we are a part of one infinite intelligence. To your eyes, then, there will be no shadows, no evil, and consequently no devil, for all is light and love, freedom, happiness, and peace, and you will see me in all. 
in each being some attribute of me, in each animate thing some phase of me, and you will need only to let my love shine from out your heart, and it will illumine for you the real meaning of all that you see. Then the great realization will come that you have found the kingdom of God, that you are walking in it, that it is right here on this earth, that it is manifesting all around you, that you have been living in it all the time, but you did not know it. That instead of being without in some far of place, it is within your own being, within every other being, the innermost inner of all manifested things. In other words, it will be found to be the reality of all things, and that all outward seeming is but the shadow of this reality, created by man's misconceptions and his belief in his separateness from me. When you have found the kingdom, you will likewise find your place in it, realizing now that you are, in truth, one of my divine attributes, that your work was all laid out for you from the beginning, and that all that has gone before has been but a preparation and a fitting of your human personality for that work. Your whole soul will leap with joyful anticipation that, after all these many years of wandering, you have at last returned to my home and can now enter into my real life, one in consciousness with me and with your other selves, all working to bring about the final perfect expression on earth of my divine idea. It is only by your trying and failing and realizing keenly your lack of strength and ability to rest and trust in me that I can quicken in you the consciousness of my divine powers ever waiting to manifest through you. These high vibrations are only the arousing into action of certain soul qualities and their corresponding faculties which must be awakened before I can manifest such powers. And naturally, when such soul qualities are aroused, they meet active opposition from certain other qualities which heretofore held undisputed sway in your nature, and which must be overcome and brought under subjection and then lifted up into their true service, before the soul qualities can freely express. I am the tree of life within you. My life will and must push forth, but it will do it by gradual and steady growth. You cannot come into your fruitage before you have grown to it. Remember, my life is all the time building you up into the perfection of health and strength and beauty that must express outwardly as it is even now expressing within. And now, my child, draw close, for I am now going to tell you the means of obtaining all these things, health, prosperity, happiness, union, peace. 
In the following words lie hidden this great secret. Blessed be you who find it. Be still and know, I am God. Know I am in you. Know I am you. Know I am your life. Know all wisdom, all love, all power abides in this life which is flowing freely through your entire being now. I am the life. I am the intelligence. I am the power in all substance, in all the cells of your body, in the cells of all mineral, vegetable, and animal matter, in fire, water, and air, in sun, moon, and stars. I am that in you and in them which is. Their consciousness is one with your consciousness, and all is my consciousness. Through my consciousness in them, all that they have or are is yours for the asking. Speak to them in my name. Speak in the consciousness of your oneness with me. Speak in the consciousness of my power in you and of my intelligence in them. Speak, command what you will in this consciousness, and the universe will rush to obey. For I am within you. We are not separated. We could not possibly be separated. For I am you. I am your real self, your real life, and I am manifesting myself and all my powers in you now. All right, so that's all for that chapter, which was uh, entitled Finding Me. This is not easy to understand, but I, um, you know, I really urge you to uh, get this book. It's available on Amazon and I'm sure other bookstores, The Impersonal Life. But it is teaching us how to awaken to the oneness, to the fact that we are part of one spiritual being. We are individualized expressions, but we are part of one individual intelligence. Now I will read a final excerpt from the last chapter of the book, which is titled Union. If you can but know me, dwelling thus in your heart, accompanying you to your office, to your shop, to your labor, whatever it be, and will permit me to direct your business and all your ways, verily I say unto you, when you can do this, you will at once become conscious of a new power within you, a power that will flow forth from you as a gentle, kindly sympathy, a true brotherliness, a loving helpfulness to all with whom you come in contact, a power that will connect you with the highest realms of thought, enabling you both to vision clearly and to manifest consciously 
all my impersonal powers and attributes every moment of your life. That's all for today. Have a great day and a great life. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'm Raymond Posh, and I'd love to talk with you. Go to LiveYourSuccess.com, and on the homepage, you can make choices about coaching programs you might be interested in, or to chat about spirituality, click the button at the bottom of the page. Thank you, fellow spiritual explorers, for listening to this podcast. I send you my love because together we can grow, awaken, and evolve to make a positive difference in the world. Please subscribe to the Spirituality and Consciousness podcast. I'd love to talk with you about spirituality and consciousness and how you can use their power to experience life more fully. Schedule a free appointment with me now at liveyoursuccess.com. May you awaken, grow in consciousness, and experience many blessings.